Welcome, this is the Change Creator Podcast. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Adam Force. Welcome back to the Change Creator Podcast show. Uh, last week, I hope you caught that episode, we had the famous Eric Reese, who's the author of Lean Startup, and Anne Mei Chang, who is the author of Lean Impact. Uh, they were both uh, on our show together, and we had an incredible conversation that will help any entrepreneur, especially in the impact space, um, you know, become more effective in the work they do uh, by applying these principles and practices that are are proven uh, that these guys explain. And it's also our cover story for issue 23 in the Change Creator Magazine app. So you don't want to miss that stuff. Uh, really powerful insights um, and advice from Anne and Eric. This week, we're going to be talking to a real hustler, guys. Um, she has a book. She has. She's involved with multiple businesses, um, and her whole mission in life is to is socioeconomic empowerment. Uh, of youth and their communities, okay? And she is definitely pursuing that mission at full force. Her name is Somia, and her last name is Moonjao. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, but her first name is uh, Somia, and she is an incredible social entrepreneur. She's the founder of Youthful Savings. She's a managing partner of CPA for the People, and she's also creative director of Audacious Endeavors. So to say the least, she is very busy, and we're gonna talk to her about all her experience, her passions, and how she is doing it. Um, she kind of gets into this whole thing about the relationship of um, um, you know, children today and money and things like that. Um, so really powerful stuff. And I think there's a lot we can learn from Somia. So hang tight. We're going to jump into that in just a minute. For anyone that doesn't already know, um, we have opened the doors to the Captivate program. You can get in now. Uh, this is the first tier of uh, entry. So the, the course will actually be available for you to get started. This is if, if you're looking to really get clear with your communication, to attract the right audience, um, that's why we put this together is to help you know, create that foundation of progress. Um, you really cannot change anything if you don't have a clear story that people can get behind and understand. And, and this really does go across everything you do. It's not like you're just writing a blog article story. It is the whole theme of your personal brand or business and what you stand for. Everything you do has to be consistent, cohesive, synergistic. Um, and so what we focus on is helping you craft your story. And there is a science and an art. It is something that you know takes skill, guys, and practice. So going through that is the foundation. Once you have all that stuff and then you start doing your Facebook marketing and your PR and all those things, you're gonna get such a better response from the right audience. And that's what this is all about. So we wanna help people do that because we know how important it is. Um, you know, so many interviews we've done, this is what's been brought up. And look at Jay Shetty, guys. I mean, he's a master storyteller. This has become his business. It's his, his unique genius. And he's reached billions and billions of people because he's so good at winning the hearts of people. He's able to change their minds and move uh, the needle forward, right? 
So his whole goal is making wisdom go uh, viral, which is really cool. So this has been uh, a really incredible experience as we launched this beta and now this is available. So just so heads up on that, guys, um, definitely check it out if you think this is something that you could benefit from. We would love, love, love to have you on board and we know that you're going to get a lot of value out of it. Okay, so guys, we're going to jump into this interview. When you get a second, please do leave us a review on iTunes. This is super helpful, and we appreciate you for it. So thanks for being here, and we hope that you love this discussion. I know you're going to dig this. Hey, Somio, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Um, I'm excited to talk to you because you have a lot going on, and I'm, I'm eager to hear how you're handling it all. <laughs> every day, every day's a new day. Every day's a new day. That's right. So we just got to move the needle forward a little bit, right? Exactly. So let's um, start with some background. I know you have two two primary uh, companies that you're working on, and they're kind of like related in some sense, I think, right? So maybe just give us and the listeners a little bit of background on how you got into those and what they are. Sure. So I started Youthful Savings, which is an education technology company that teaches kids financial education and entrepreneurship back in 2013 when I was living in Washington, D.C. Um, so I just got really frustrated with like politics and what I was seeing. And I was working at a hedge fund at the time. So they were nice enough to allow me to do some work with a place called Martha's Table, mm -hmm. which is on U Street in D.C. And so I started working with the kids and teaching them just like basic financial education, like what interest was, credit cards, that kind of stuff. And I quickly realized that, you know, like the most underserved children don't quite care about that stuff. What they really need, you know, what they really need is like a positive relationship with money because yeah. they just don't have that. So we started this thing called My Own Business Challenge, which is we teach kids at a young age how to start a business with their innate skills. They can do anything. And then we incentivize them for how much they saved. So we worked with PNC Bank in D.C. We got them all bank accounts. Whoever saved the most then got 10% back from us. So we charged for our services at Martha's Table. And that then got something started. Um, a good friend of mine had come out to do a speaking engagement with our kids he then was like, hey, I'm in New York City. Like, I run a product consultancy. What would it look like if you built out like technology and curriculum? I incidentally had gotten a grant with Marriott um, to like start a company. So I quit my job, moved to New York City. And then, you know, the rest is sort of history. Um, it was really difficult to find people that understood our business model, which is really social entrepreneurship and like a give back model, like a reinvestment model into yeah. the kids. Um, so I ended up, I was a CPA and so I ended up just freelancing as a CPA and that then created CPA for the people, which really works on like fiscal policy, um, getting, simplifying the tax code for, for people that maybe don't quite understand it. Um, and that turned into a lot of things now at this point. Um, but the capitalization of youthful savings as it has grown has always come from the CPA firm. We got a little bit of angel investment from a diplomat that I had met when I was at D.C. So him and I work closely together on investing. But we're really passionate about like a people, planet, profit um, situation. So the more profit we have, the more that we can do. We recently just launched a new tool that we're really excited about called Learning Marketplace. So basically realizing that enrichment education is getting cut from schools, especially charter schools and public schools. So we started like a subscription model. So enrichment education is now available for seven ninety eight for parents or ninety nine dollars a month for schools. 
So really hoping to like democratize enrichment education and equalize that playing field because it's really sad that the enrichment budgets are what usually get cut at the most underserved yeah, schools. Yeah. So we just keep going, right? So there's been a lot of changes that have occurred with the current administration into our business model, um, but we're not going to give up. And so, um, and I'm really passionate for my time in D.C. to also teach people the tax code so they can lower their taxes as well. Um, So that's really where I'm at. And then I wrote a book recently. um, So that's coming out again with a new publisher um, on, on November 20th. So that's all about basically this conversation, just teaching people how to do people, planet, profit businesses and really go after world problems. So for me, my world problem is like education reform. Um, I'm really passionate about that and equalizing that a little bit because it's not quite fair that some kids get the best education and some kids don't get anything. I don't really know how that's fair in this country. So um, (laughs) that's where I'm at. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, there's a lot of... um that's a deep, deep uh, issue, right? So it you is. Know, taking a look at all the system designs that we have and what kind of, um, you know, I guess outcomes they create. So that's that's definitely something where design thinking comes into play for sure. Yep. Well, yeah, it's been systematic. So my parents um, hail from India. When the Brits took over India, which was just bad business practice, quite frankly, when the East India Company took over India through business <laughs> corporations, essentially, mm-hmm. um, what they did is they, they, you know, they screwed over education. So some people, if your skin was darker, you didn't get good education or you were a slave. And if you were of the British descent, you know, you were able to go to good schools. Yeah. So the same sort of history currently exists in this current land that we live on. And so uh, for as long as I'm alive, I'm going to keep doing what I do, which is empowering the youth, um, all youth, right. To really have kindness, business skills, and also like understanding, history and how to do it better that's you know that's the best thing we can do right now it is is the education and getting people involved in right um, right stuff like that so you know they can't get involved if they don't have the mentors and the support that they need to understand you know what the problems actually are but you know over all these years right it's like when something starts a long time ago, like let's call it 50, 60, 100 years ago, and there's an issue that is dramatically wrong, then everything, all these policies, rules, and regulations are created around those ideas, which then become so deep-rooted in what we see today, right? Yeah, and I'm just really passionate about children. Like I, I actually think that change can occur if you empower them, both economically and information-wise. And I think that you know, it's no one's fault where they come from, you know, whether you're an oppressor or you're the oppressed, it's no one's fault, right? So we all have our sins from our fathers, every single one of us does. And so what can we do to just be more collaborative? And I actually see this happening a lot. So that's the really good news. Um, I don't read, I don't listen to a lot of current events right now. Um, I'm really focused on the amazing like information that's out there to make people emotionally and economically stronger. And there's a lot out there, right? And there's a lot of change that we have seen with the youth on both the emotional intelligence side and on the economic empowerment side. So that's my hope. And there's a lot of good people out there like yourself. You're, you know, you're giving us a platform to tell our story. There's a lot of people that are behind like social entrepreneurship, profit-driven businesses that are reinvested into good causes that can solve world problems. I personally am really passionate about sort of dismantling nonprofits. Um, I don't think that nonprofits are fair to social problems. I think it does take the energy of money to solve problems. And what I often see happening is that we spend nonprofits spend more time fundraising than they do actually solving the problem. 
And so that's why I'm really passionate about people planet profit uh, businesses. Sure. One of my favorite businesses is like Patagonia. Tom Shoes, I think, does a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a lot out there. And so the more that we can kind of get that message is important. What's really difficult is getting the investor circle um, interested in social entrepreneurship. And so that's something that I'm really passionate about. And, I'm, you know, I'm really fortunate to have a high profit business with a CPA firm so that I can reinvest into youthful savings. Not everybody has that, you know. Yeah, um, but that was, you know, that might be the answer is, you know, we, we've got to start merging really profitable stuff with things that might require more innovation and, and more capital um, and like build those kinds of enterprises, you know, mm-hmm. um, we, we all have it within us. Like every, every single one of us wakes up every morning with 24 hours. So it's like, what can we do to make that the best 24 hours ever? Um, and I think, you know, hopefully these children really inspire me because they live really authentically. So as we build more empathy in people, I think they will, you know, start rising up and then doing the right thing, hopefully. That's the key. And, um, you know, I think each younger generation is becoming more inspired to do mm-hmm. um, things that are more conscious and Right, exactly. Like yourself, that are going to lean in and help them, um, you know, move forward. Because I think a lot of these younger folks will have ideas and a passion, um, Mm -hmm. but if they don't have the mentorship to move that forward, then that idea can get lost. Hundred percent. And I think it's really, really important to give people the ability to speak up and to listen. Um, I, you know, I've, I've whistleblown on a fortune 500 company. I have spoken up in every corporation that I've worked at for fraud, quite frankly. Yeah. So, um, the more that we can empower the first amendment to people and free speech, I think will be really helpful because I, I think unfortunately a lot of rationalization occurs just to get paid, you know, well, especially in corrupt environments. Absolutely. And I'm curious then, so before you had this passion and you had this level of understanding in order to uh-huh. help people, I mean, what is a most, what is a pivotal moment for you? Like what, what kind of events took place that got you to these realizations? Um, and what was something that really stands out to you in your life that um, kind of was a changing, like a turning point? Yeah, so when I was 26, I was working for Walmart in Arkansas. <laughs> and sounds fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, what's interesting is it was very, very life changing. Um, I had incredible leaders that were around me because if you think about it, like Sam Walton himself was like a cool dude. I just think of the American greed is sort of what made Walmart the way that it is now. Um, but what happened to me is someone actually tried to kill me when I was down in Arkansas. It was really awful. And the recovery took about a year and it was really driven by like jealousy with my family. And so um, I realized that if you don't make people empowered, then some really bad things can occur, right? So I live in California. What just happened, I think yesterday or maybe this early this morning with the shooting, you know, Mm -hmm. like those kinds of things really, it's like, okay, you know, if we could have just given them a little bit more heart intelligence in the school system, what, what would that have been the one change that could prevent violence? And so I just think poverty of thought and resources and like love, honestly, can really create darkness in humanity. And every single one of us has that darkness within us. But if you're lucky enough to have a mentor or someone that cares about you, you might prevent some of these horrific things that occur. 
So that was the change for me. So I was like, you know what? I'm down with the kids. (laughs) Like I, it was hard. I, it was a, it was a big practice of forgiveness and I had a, a ton of people that supported me, including the leaders at Walmart. So I can't hate on them that much. Um, I do think that they are really greedy, but I think that the original leaders had a heart, you know, I think things, corporations with wall street do become greedy and that's a problem. Um, but I did have good mentors and they had my back during my process. And so it was really that mentorship that got me out of that. Cause there was so much compassion that was given to me as I was going through this process of recovering, um, that I just decided that I wanted to spend like my life really giving compassion to children and filling those holes that maybe both schools and parents can't do. Um, and, and unfortunately in the CPA firm, I also see a lot of emotions that occur, right? Cause it's money and divorces and all kinds of things are happening. Um, and so it's just really trying to be the best version of myself. It's not easy. And there's definitely days where I'm more shadow side Somia than I am light side Somia, but you know, I just, people matter, you know, and if, if you, don't give them compassion, then some really bad things can occur and we all get affected. Yeah, absolutely. And so tell me a little bit more about how you got started helping, um, I guess, youth. Now, the youth, Mm -hmm. what you're doing, just go in Mm -hmm. a little more detail about how you're helping youth and how you got started with that process. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So we have curriculum and a web app that correspond with – a tool called my own business challenge. So kids learn how to start a business within eight weeks. Whoever saves the most delivers their business with the most kindness, meets their goals and listens well, gets 10% back from us. Um, we charge for this. So we sell to community organizers like churches. We sell to schools, we sell to parents. Um, so that's one side of our business. Then we have another, um, curriculum called handle your business that really teaches kids like what they want to do when they grow up and how they're going to pay for college. And that also has some technology associated with it called the financial freedom app. And then in May, 2018, we got started with learningmarketplace.org. And so what that is, it's just a hub for enrichment curriculum. And we actually empower traditional and non-traditional educators to also submit learning experiences and exercises and curriculum and then that gets approved by our advisory board of educators, and then they can then earn royalties on that. And then we offer this um, on our marketplace. So it's sort of like the Spotify of education for enrichment mm. education. That's pretty cool. So yeah, how, how are you getting apps built? I mean, I think the, the thing that, you know, for a lot of people listening who are in the entrepreneurship yeah. space, it comes down to, oh, apps, you know, that's, I can see a million dollars in my future to, to get an app. So like, no, what? yeah, it's not that bad, actually. Uh, yeah, you just hustle. So, um, you know, there's, there's plenty of developers that are out there. So, you know, just you keep going. Uh, we have two tech guys that work with us at Youthful Savings. And so they're able to do a lot. We actually are teaching a class, I think, November 24th in the city of Chicago, um, app in a day. So really, we're like the, our tech guys are teaching kids in, in like the inner cities at Capital One Cafe how to build apps. So like I, I do accounting right by day, like like coding sort of similar. Um, it's really not as bad as people think it is. I think mm. I think I think what we don't. OK, so I think it's actually really important to understand the valuation of a company and how that can get overvalued. And so that's sort of what you're seeing in the startup culture is like the overvaluation that then gets you a higher sales number. Yeah. You know, so there's if you keep your structure lean, you can do a lot more to build impact. You might not be attractive to an investment bank, but that's not really our concern. Right. So 
it's important to understand the mechanics of like a business versus the mechanics of what investors want. We quite frankly don't care about investors. So we don't, you know, we don't have anything to worry about. Our one investor that we have um, gets paid in profit sharing. So our job is to make our structure lean operationally so that we have more profit to reinvest to both our foundation, which gives me business investment and scholarships and to our investor and my, and our team. Right. But are you, t- this is a model you're teaching youth. So what if they're building businesses where they need investment? Yeah, that's fine. So we actually give some investment money to them okay. and then, you know, it's the same thing. So our part of my own business challenge, we teach them how to pitch to investors. Oh, cool. Yeah. And what's that process look like? Uh, they do like an investment pitch day. So we teach them like an elevator pitch and then they practice it and they give it to us and then we give them a little bit of investment money, whoever wins. Okay. And that just helps them kind of get ideas off the ground. Exactly. I mean, we had to pitch too, right? So we, I originally got investment money to get two of our apps started. Um, we're just not focused on playing the wall street game. You know, we're not trying to go public. So that helps us. We're not really trying to get sold anytime soon. So we're just more focused on like building really cool things and staying profitable so we can reinvest. And how are you getting uh, teachers on board to contribute their time and expertise into supporting the program? That has not been easy, quite frankly. No. Teachers are very, very stressed out. Uh, we are working with the Northern Illinois University School of Education, the student teachers. Yeah. So we, you know, it's horrific that student teachers don't get paid for their time. Um, so not only do they have to pay a lot of money to go to college, but they also don't get paid for their internships. So we're working with them to like economically empower them by creating stuff. And then also we think that they'll be able to bring it into classrooms. But, you know, this is all getting started. It got started in May. So we're kind of testing out this model. I spend a lot of time building curriculum. It's one of my passions. Um, and we work with two educators from one of our teams that we've sold our stuff to to help us out. Yeah. So a lot of stuff is built from youthful savings. But our focus is, I think, going to be on student teachers because that really um, goes along with our goal of energizing the education economy. Yeah, sure. So, Yeah. So, okay, that sounds really interesting. And how has the progress been with the app? Have you been um, seeing some good adoption? And have you had feedback from students? How are they feeling about it? Yeah, yeah. So our first sale was to a community organizer out in Chicago. So it's, it's a website. It's called learningmarketplace.org. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we're getting good feedback on it. So we also hold host events on it. Um, but again, it's been like, what, six months. So we haven't really hit the market with it. We've been building it for a long time, but it is in revenue already. So that's good news. Um, we're getting really good feedback about having events associated with it. So basically like instead of having Eventbrite for events that the website itself will host events, which is kind of cool. Um, it really goes along with our line of like building community. Um, but I, you know, I'd be lying to tell you if I had like a lot of metrics, literally it's only been six months. Right. No, yeah. It's hard. It's yeah. Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Youthful savings, youthful savings itself has been around for five years and that's been amazing. Like the kids that we've met, the kids that we've been able to hire into the <laughs> CPA firm, like that's been a dream come true. And we've been able to take it, um, coast to coast. So we're, all, we're in the big three major cities. So I spent a lot of time in California, um, Chicago and New York. So that's been great. Um, but we're going to really focus on on doing this subscription model just to make this more accessible across right. the globe, actually. Um, so I'm, I'm going to spend some time in India uh, in the early next month to try to get our My Own Business Challenge going out there. So we're looking forward to maybe having some really good education stuff from India on the site as well and really make this tool global. 
That's cool. And so it sounds like you've been selling kind of like a license to the app to get a, Correct. like a bulk exactly. order, basically. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's smart. It's smart because I got to tell you, like the whole ASO game and all that kind of stuff can be difficult. Yeah. So if you can do yeah. a format like this where you're selling like the licensing deal, that's actually really exactly. cool. Exactly. Exactly. And what was the website um, on that one? learningmarketplace.org. Ah, yeah. I like to look these things up when I'm <laughs> talking. Cool, about yeah. Marketplace.org. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we'll check that out. Um, now I just want to tap into a little bit of the uh, CPA stuff because yeah. now who, who is your primary clientele that you work with in that space? Um, so it started off being anybody, but quite frankly, I spent a lot of time with the 1% of the world. Um, but it helps me because I learn business practices that I can then teach like the bottom 1% of the world as well. So that's like the equalization. Um, but in the, you know, in the tax side of things, it's across the board, right? So if some dude at like Chipotle needs his taxes done, obviously I'm not going to charge him as much as somebody that comes from the 1%, right? And the complexity of the return is going to be different. Um, I spent, you know, it's, it's anybody really. And so we've got three tax accountants that work with us. And then we've got like three or four other people that do the day to day stuff. So that's really growing. Um, it's really exciting. We just, I'm, I just, I'm spending some time getting like mediation, arbitration, um, okay. training out in California. Cause I think that's really important part of the change. I spend a lot of time doing like socioeconomic issues, um, on like a more global level, just kind of talking about like world geopolitics is kind of important. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's been fun. Uh, I, I don't sleep a lot, (laughs) but it's been really fun. I can't, I, you know, I'm really grateful for being able to do this and, you know, and being able to to do something that I really care about and and hopefully make it an impact. (laughs) Let me ask you a question about this because, you know, the, the CPA thing, the taxes and, you know, yeah. we, we actually, a uh, change creator, our, our CPA, he works a lot with, um, you know, uh-huh. startups and businesses. That's a primary focus. And we leverage, yeah. we leverage them quite a bit, even when we're doing, um, you know, forecasting exactly. projections and things like that for, you know, investments and stuff. So um, what kind of thoughts might you be able to share with our audience who, you know, is all impact entrepreneurs here listening um, about, you know, their, their financial management and, and, and taxes and things. Is there anything that might be helpful for people to understand in that space? Absolutely. Yeah. Keep track of your deductions. Deductions are everything. Um, if someone, you know, business tax returns are very beneficial for you. Um, so if the more that you understand about deductions, the more that you understand the tax code, the more cash flow you have, which we hope that you reinvest into good causes, right? Um, that's the best I can give you is, you know, I think a lot of deductions don't get, aren't understood. Also don't be deductions a little bit. Sure. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I want to say, don't get intimidated by the tax code. I think that a lot of people have an aversion to it versus getting excited about it. Mm -hmm. I think when you're a business owner, you should get excited about the benefits that there are for you. (laughs) Um, right. And that's how I view it. Right. And for me, it's like, you know, I didn't have a great time in DC. So like, I get really excited about deductions personally. Um, (laughs) so I, you know, I spend a lot, I, I give a lot on the advertising side for scholarships because I think kids are important. They need to go to college. Um, so that's where a lot of our advertising budget for CPA for the people goes. We don't advertise at all. Honestly, most of our money either goes to our foundation or it goes to kids directly. Um, so, you know, think about that. Think about the causes that you care, how you can deduct that. 
from your business if you're a conscious, you know, uh, business owner. Um, most things are deductible. You know, I, I can, I'm going to get a little, a little bit of trouble if I don't have a one-on-one conversation because the tax code has changed a lot. Yeah. But you can always contact me at CPA for the People, and there's a contact, and I can talk to you closely about the deductions. But um, I think if you Google like common business deductions, you'll you'll get a good uh, viewpoint of what what's out there. For me, we spend a lot of money on advertising direct to kids, so that's our big right, thing. Right, right. So, um, so we get excited about that. Well, it's interesting because I think a lot of people don't get to uh, they don't pay a lot of attention to that stuff, right? You know, it's important. yeah, you want to exactly, very important. Exactly. Yeah. So I just wanted to emphasize it a little bit because it's an area yeah. that should have attention that I think is overlooked. 100%. Yeah, hundred. I mean, if you listen to the news and you're not happy with what you're seeing, understand that we're paying them every day. So the more that you can understand how you can take away some money from them, I think is important. That's where I come from. Right. Now, do we give a lot to schools directly because I care about education? Absolutely, because that's what I care about. I think we should teach people not to kill people versus give tax money <laughs> for military. But that's where I'm at as a human being. <laughs> so everybody has their own sense of politics, but that's where I come from. So I'm very education focused and very like human focused. Um, I'm not into killing people. I'm a vegetarian. So you know what I mean? Um, but everybody's different. Yeah, I'm a vegetarian too, so I'm with you. Yay, good for you. <laughs> it's good for the environment. It is good. That is a, actually was interesting enough. You know, like my wife was vegetarian when I met her ten years ago, and I convinced her mm-hmm. to to not be vegetarian. Mm-hmm. But then, mm. as you know, we all have our certain timelines of awareness. And right. As exactly. I learned about the rainforest, the water pollute, like all these mm-hmm. things. I was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. we got to go vegetarian. <laughs> you know what's interesting is I recently learned that the dung of cows can actually be used similarly to coal. So if we really yes. wanted to tackle energy, we could just by the beauty of a cow. There, so it really yeah. goes to show the corruption that occurs between lobbyists and corporations and how that really needs to be dismantled unless you really want to live in a world where the earth doesn't exist. So, I mean, don't get me started on all that. I, I know. <laughs> don't get me started on all that. It's uh, all related to taxes, though. It is. It is I, all. That's what I learned in D.C. Well, we just... Every single congressperson sucks. Don't listen to any of them. That's where I come from, but that's fine. <laughs> no, <laughs> the system creates corruption, so that's just the way it goes. I really... It was built that way. 1492. It's, it's built You know, that it just way. got worse. 1776. <laughs> like, it was never... It wasn't built to be fair. It wasn't built to be fair. No, that's exactly. And, you know, I always say, yeah. I used to get so angry at companies that did bad things. And then I go in my head, I'm like, you know what? Mm. They are they are just behaving as a result of a system that created that behavior. Correct. So it's just Correct. That is. So go direct to the system. Go to the system. And then go to the system. People and you know what? We, go ahead. We, we spend a lot of time in banks, honestly. Because money is power. And so if it you is. can get the money into the hands of the kids and teach them to disrupt the system, you might get somewhere. That's the goal. That's what Change Creator is all about, man. It's like, you yeah, know, for you. shake up the system and make money while you do, do it. it. <laughs> I mean, do that's, it. And, that's what and needs hide. to happen. <laughs> yeah. Hide from the CIA. <laughs> hey, we got our next, uh, the next magazine coming out in just like a week or so. We, we, um, you'll be happy to know that we're bringing, putting the spotlight on Mercy for Animals and we interviewed the mm, founder and the you. president and uh, we're putting awesome. a real spotlight on that whole, that whole situation. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Awesome. So I think you're part of another group that we haven't touched on audacious endeavors what's up with that yeah so audacious endeavors is the name of my book 
Um, if you like what you're hearing, it's just in written form <laughs> and it's also a journal. So it's really, in- hopefully meant to inspire other people to, to do disruptive business models that solve world problems and then giving them a soft analysis of economic and fiscal policy that is a system that doesn't really make sense. Gotcha. Um, and so it's a, it's a little political, but it's really meant to be empowering. Um, but really also focusing on like, hey, your tax dollars can be used if you better use if you invest in yourself and your own equity within a business. Um, and then I also love artists. And so the CPA firm, CPA for the People got started in the Lower East Side of New York City where the art scene is really big. So yeah. we, we do some art sales and we do some events. Um, just really trying to empower people to live in their soul really is important to us. And so that's what Audacious Endeavors is all about. Um, and then, yeah, and I'm sure hopefully I get a chance to write more books and I'll just do it under that brand name. Yeah, just whip up a couple books real quick. Yeah, I mean, I love writing. <laughs> um, you know, I get excited. I mean, I, I you know, this is the lifetime. I think we're really lucky to have as many. We have 1.1 billion youth in this world right now Mm. and so that's a lot of young energy and if we can you know mentor them correctly and and with compassion and with humanity we we might be able to make some global change so i'm optimistic you know what gets me really excited is i could talk to someone like you and you know we actually have the same mission but we're taking different approaches Mm -hmm. and using our different i call business Mm -hmm. is basically a tool for facilitating Mm -hmm. these things and we just have different Mm -hmm. skill sets that we're leveraging Mm -hmm. i'm leaning into the media skill set because that's my background you're the cpa in education and just i love seeing it i love the uh, dynamics and also the synergies right yeah absolutely and that's what it's all about right collaboration that's the new focus. So what do, that's, the book talks a lot about that. What can we do to be more win-win Absolutely. instead of compete against each other? Um, it's just, you know, competing doesn't work really. No. Uh, win-win does. We, you know, we're not about war. It doesn't really, it's not really happy times. So no. <laughs> what can we do to, you know, really take responsibility? I think it's really important to me personally is like, let's take responsibility for, for what our past generations have done. We all have something to say about that. And, you know, even if we've been oppressed, somewhere down the line, we were also the oppressors, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, that is the case. And I think too, like part of, I like that you're educating the youth because um, I don't think a lot of people really, you know, are taught about the depth of like system, um, you know, design and how correct. those are the root causes. Like, I don't know that correct. they really wrap their head around like why we are the way we are and why things happen. They just want to, yeah. and you have people that just want to point a finger at like people instead of like these other real issues, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I agree. And I think the more, and I'm guilty of that too, but I think the more that we can understand that we all are the change and what's wrong yeah. with humanity can also be fixed with what's in humanity. You yes. know, my worldview has changed because of the amazing people that I've met, including you, you know, like okay. these conversations make a difference. And so what I'm really focused on right now is how do we get kids a little bit away from social media and get them excited about intellectual curiosity? That was yeah. really the intention with Learning Marketplace, like a digital platform, but really focus on intellectual curiosity and, and not like trolling each other. <laughs> um, so, What age group of yeah. kids are you talking to? Um, K through 12. So that's K where through we're at. 12. K through okay, 12. So yeah, we're going to focus on that. Yep. And, and okay, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, do you know how many kids you're, you've been reaching? Is it a small group right now, like a little small tribe, or are you guys expanding? So Youthful Savings has reached about 5,000 kids so far. Great. Um, Learning Marketplace has reached like 20. 
right? Because we're still building it six months old. But the goal is, honestly, this is an audacious goal, but I did write a book called Audacious Endeavors. We got to get to (laughs) 1.1 billion youth across the world, right? Like there's like problems, like Middle East has issues, like the Congo has issues, like all kids are cool in my book. We've got to economically empower them. Like if you can give them kindness, education and money, the world might change. Yeah, um, I'm going to make one mention here because you just made me think of it. There's a guy in Uganda that I've kind of connected with, Mm -hmm. too, and he runs Greenfield Kids. And he's like literally building schools by hand and all this Mm -hmm. stuff out there. And I'm always thinking like, God, I wish there was something more I can do. Um, And then Mm -hmm. I think about the apps and the stuff that you have. Um, Stuff like that could be really interesting for when you start reaching out to these groups that don't have the, you know, teachers and stuff. So if they can get a digit, because there's more phones than toilet. It's, it's like they have access Correct. to this stuff. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. And the other cool thing is, is these schools need funding. So allowing them to put their cool curriculum up is also really awesome. Because you know what? I'd rather learn about Uganda from some dude in Uganda. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I want to hear their history. I want to hear what's actually happened in Syria from a mom that's dealing with it versus watching CNN. I don't want to listen to CNN anymore. I might send you I want a real info. stories. Yeah. I love that. Thank yeah. you so much. Well, it's interesting because they're not raising funding for um, for their curriculum, but they're raising, they, he does GoFundMe campaigns regularly trying to get funding just to put a roof on the building or build a bathroom right. for the kids. It's right. like, that's right. where it's at. You know what I mean? Right. I hear you. But I think history and recording and documenting people's stories, that's history. And if you look at oppression and conquering, what often happens, just like in America, like when you kill people, you also take away their history. So we don't want that. We want to hear their history and we want to make that the history books. Absolutely. I love it. So listen, I think we're at the end of our time and we'll leave on a a positive note of uh, changing history. Yes. Thank you so much, Adam. I really appreciate it. Thank you for everything that you do. And if there's anything I can do for you, just let me know. Yeah, well, likewise, we appreciate all the work that you're doing, and um, don't spread yourself too thin. We need your energy there. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. That's all for this episode. Your next step is to join the change creator revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast.